This week's Raiders game against the Eagles is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raider debit card. All of the same great features and benefits now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. Alex Brink is going to join us momentarily, Washington State football radio analyst. Got college football tonight with Utah State playing CSU. Tomorrow at 1.30, FS1. With BYU and Washington State, and then 5.30 Pac-12 Network for the Utes. So, although there are no top 25 showdowns tomorrow, you got a couple of local games. And then, PK, I think the plan is wait to see which top 25 team is on the road and in trouble and getting upset. And same deal with the NFL on Sunday, where there aren't any huge games. Chargers and Ravens turned out to be a lopsided game last week, but it looked good going in, a couple of 4-1 and teams in that. And this week, it'll be more, all right, what's... 500 or sub-500 team can take down a team with a winning record. We're on upset watch for the next two days when we're not watching the Utes and the, and the Cougars. And they'll be something. Can't be chalk everywhere. For two days. What the hell's chalk? The favorites. That's Jersey gambling speak, talk. Well, speak t- plain English, man. Chalk. It's Pac-12 game tonight, isn't there? Yes, there is. Arizona and Washington? I believe you are correct. Did but I have to look to see ESPN 2. You don't have to look. I know. You knew where it was? I didn't know you knew where it was. Well, I know they're playing. I yes. don't know what They're playing in Tucson. 2-4 two and four Washington and 0-6 and Arizona. The streak. <laughs> what is it? Is it 18? Yeah, it was 7-5 uh, and then whatever it is Six, now. 6, so 18. 18 straight losses for Arizona. They got to get to 20. <laughs> you need the round number. <laughs> well, I don't really care what they do. One more game down the end. Last well, game Washington would be 19, USC would be 20, and then Cal, they can snap it. So you watch the Pac-12 tonight and the Mountain West both. Oh, flick around for sure. CSU and Utah State is on the CBS Sports Network. And CSU is off to a 2-0 start in the Mountain West. The Aggies are 2-1. Mm. Air Force is 2-1. And, and USU's already beaten them and got the tiebreaker on them. So and look at you, man. Aggies in great shape if they win this game. You get out from under ownership? Yeah, flick around. College, you don't even mention the Jazz. Look at you. Look at you, man. Free of them? Pfft. Who cares about them? Totally off my radar, to be honest. <laughs> Didn't even think it because I will be watching them. <laughs> I'm in football mode in October. Look around. You don't even mention the most popular team. Man, Eight o'clock tonight. You're taking to this change quickly. <laughs> well, that's not necessarily true, as you know. And you've also got baseball at six o'clock as the Astros try to close out the Red Sox. I knew that. If I get out of football mode, so I you got. Knew. You got four options. Well, that's why when you were going, I thought, well, tonight is actually a great night. This is a great time of year. This is the best time of year sports-wise. There's just no question about it in my mind. Others can argue, and that's fine. But to me, this is the number one time of year. You just named it. I got college football, which I actually love. I don't have NFL football tonight, but we don't have it on Friday nights, so I understand that. And then you've got the jazz game and... and, and These games matter. All this stuff, yeah. I'm, I'm overrun with it, and it's awesome. 
Time to bring in Alex Brink, Washington State Radio football analyst. Joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows the 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of the Save Now Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. Alex, welcome back to the show. What's going on, guys? Washington State, are they the fourth place team in the state of Utah? Lost to the Aggies, lost to the Utes, didn't have the quarterback for that game. Now, don't have their head coach and half the assistants for this game, and it's just nonstop drama and storylines for Washington State. It sure feels like it. It's been, uh, you know, it's been that way since obviously preseason with, uh, you know, prior to Pac-12 Media Day with Nick Rolovich, and then, you know, this team has really struggled at times with with injuries, and you mentioned the quarterback position took them a while to settle on a guy, and and finally Jane Dolores kind of taking the reins and right as the team's catching its stride with a three-game win streak you know in the Pac-12 you see the the obvious you know kind of elephant in the room uh Nick Rolovich ends up getting fired and so you know now this team's really trying to kind of figure out you know how do they how do they write the ship so to speak I think for the kids it's a little bit easier right they're college kids they kind of they they are able to compartmentalize some of these things so I'm really interested to see, you know, how this team responds when they come out tomorrow. How about you make an example, not an example, but a situation where, okay, the dust has settled now. This is no longer hanging over our heads. I had a friend. He was rumored to be fired, and it was wearing on him. He finally did get fired, but he said he felt a sense of relief and that he didn't have to worry about it anymore. There's anything there that you can apply in this situation? Yeah, I think that's very true. You know, it's funny, a sim- kind of a similar situation happened in the NFL, right, with John Gruden, where, you know, he was in the locker room for a week where there was a ton of that outside noise swirling and everything going on, and they played, you know, they played terrible and lost a couple weeks ago, and then he ends up getting fired, and you kind of wonder how the team's going to respond, and they come out and get, they get a big win last week. And I think there's very similar comparisons in the sense that, yeah, it, I mean, there was a cloud hanging over the team. It was relatively inevitable that, you know, that train was coming down the tracks. And so I do think there's an element where you can just, you can kind of move on. And as athletes, we learn that that's part of it, right? If I make a mistake on the field, I have to compartmentalize it and move on. That That's all, that's the only way to do it. And so in this sense, it's the same thing. Obviously, you know, the players, they had a relationship with Coach Rolovich and the other coaches that got let go. But at the same time, they got to go play on Saturdays. And so they're able to kind of move that forward. And from everything I've heard about Jake Dicker, the, the defensive coordinator and now interim head coach, I mean, I think he's you know handled this situation as well as you could expect. The energy at practice has been good. And so, you know, I think it's the best version of this you could have so far. And, and ultimately, you got to put the product on the field on Saturdays. So if there were one thing about Washington State, and you can never boil it down to one thing, but you got to start somewhere. So if there's one thing with the Cougars, I just doubt their ability to close. I saw them not close Utah State out in the fourth quarter when they had multiple chances. The Ute game got away from them in the fourth quarter. USC, I thought they were in good shape at halftime, although it was close and anything could happen. And then they just got run off the field in the second half. Can you put your finger on why this happens? Because they're 4-3 and three and all three games get away third or fourth quarter. Yeah, it's a fair criticism. I mean, there's no doubt. And it, it had happened even back into 2020, right, well, under Nick Rolovich, that, the Utah game, the Oregon game, the, you know, in that year. And so there were some big question marks. And then, 
you know, the team kind of responded in a way. They had Oregon State um, on the ropes and had a late drive that they had to get a stop and or they had to get a score and a stop, and they did. And then last week, Jane Delora leads the team down to get um, to score a touchdown uh, late to win it versus Stanford, and, and the defense gets a stop also. And so, you know, you wonder if the team's turned the corner. I think it's it's hard to at this point to say that you know two is a trend, but um, they certainly are seem to have been moving in the right direction in that regard. I think. The difference in the games you're talking about was the defense really, you know, did the best they could kind of through those four quarters and ended up getting a little bit worn out. And the defense or the offense didn't hold up their end of the bargain. And that's really what you've seen the last three weeks during these three, you know, these three wins is that Washington State's offense has played considerably better. And and I think if they can do that because the defense really has played. Although stats may not show it, the defense really has played well. They turn the ball over a ton. They're super aggressive. And so I think if the offense can match that, then they're going to find success. How about a situation of this offense finishing drives with touchdowns as opposed to field goals? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? I mean, you saw that at the, in the Utah game, they get inside the five twice. Um, I think they get stopped once and they kick a field goal once. They, did that consistently against Utah State. They did it really every game this year up until the last couple of weeks. It felt like they've kicked a ton of field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. And some of that was, to me, was, you know, scheme related. They wouldn't, they were kind of trying to do different things offensively, um, you know, that I don't know were conducive to success and that they found the last few weeks a few different things. Now, I mean, to be very fair about the offensive play calling, that had gotten uh, moved to Craig Stutzman, who is the assistant offensive coordinator, and now he's gone. And so they're going to have to kind of figure out Brian Smith, who is who was the other co-offensive coordinator who originally was calling plays, you know, does he kind of take what Coach Stutzman was doing and some of those things, and can he get it into his game plan and his play calling and those sort of things? So how much set, – set the head coach aside, you know, losing a line coach, losing a play caller – how is that going to change the team if it does? I, I, I do think, in particular, Craig Stetsman, who was the quarterback coach and ended up being kind of play caller last few weeks, is, is a big loss for this team. He's a bright young coach, um, had a lot of really good things going, had a great rapport with Jaden Delora, the quarterback. So um, I do think that that matters. Um, you know, I think the other guys, they, they obviously matter. I mean, it's important. But, um, you know, what Washington State has done is they've gone and found – some veteran assistants that have been in the run and shoot had relationships with these coaches and players before. And so you bring those guys in and you can in a way kind of, uh, you know, kind of stop the leak, so to speak for a little bit and build that. And it's the easiest um, transition in this scenario you could have. You also, like I said, have Brian Smith still on staff um, who was the offensive coordinator running back coach. So you have a guy that is very connected with the kids. So, you know, I think, they're going to find a way. I, I don't know how it plays out. I think that's will probably the biggest question mark um, because the team offensively had been so much better the past few weeks, and now they got to, in a way, kind of reset and, and hopefully draw on some of those things again. So then maybe with Dicker taking over, rely on the defense, which, except for the Cal game, has gotten at least two takeaways in every game. So you think that that's what they need to do in this game? I think there's no doubt. I mean, I think the defense has to, has to turn the ball over. That's kind of been their calling card all year. Um, like you said, I mean, they just, they're, they're, ball, they're ball hawks. The defensive line's playing really well. They rush the passer incredibly well. Brennan Jackson and R.J. Stone are, are as two, two as good defensive ends as you'll find in the country that can get home. 
Um, and then that secondary, the two corners, um, I mean, really are big, 6'3", both about 185, 190 pounds. Jalen Watson's going to play on Sundays. Uh, I think if Washington State is, wins this football game, it's because the defense turns the ball over multiple times. Alex Brink joining us, Washington State radio football analyst. You know, there's that theory that, you know, we do what we do. The opponent is nameless and faceless and all that. But you can't help but watch another team's games and, and see BYU give up 300 yards rushing to Baylor. Now they've been challenged by their coaches to turn that all around. Do you think that Washington State should be feeding Max Borgia in this game and seeing if they can run it? Or Delora's really been coming on and the ball's got to be in his hand and that's the way to go and don't get distracted by what happened with uh, Baylor's run game versus BYU's run defense. I think it matters. I mean, you got to look at that and, and say, especially for a Washington State offense that, you know, the run and shoot tries to maintain a semblance of balance, right? It's not the air raid. I think if this was Mike Leach, right, he would say, he would say it doesn't matter. We're going we're gonna to throw that thing all over the yard. But, you know, you look at, uh, this offense with Max Borgie and this offense one, you're going to try and run the football. And they, you know, last week they ran it better. Um, they've kind of consistently ran the ball better in, again, those last, these last few weeks. And I think, you know, Borgie has a chance to have a, a big game potentially. And, and you got to look at that. I mean, there's just, that's the reality of it, especially for BYU. Um, you know, they've shown a few uh, kinks, in, kinks in the armor. And so it's, it's time for Washington State to look at that and say, how can we take advantage? And we know why this, the assistants had the leave, but it seems like it's a highly unusual amount of assistants who decided against the vaccine. Was there any reason beyond they just didn't want it uh, as far as uniformity and following the head coach type of thing? I don't, you know, I don't know that specifically, to be honest with you. Um, you got to think that there's probably a relative sense of that to some degree. But, you know, in the end, I, I guess everybody's kind of making their own, their own decision, right? But um, I assume when you're kind of in that orbit that there's some element of that. But I don't know that any of that was ever clarified. So we know there's a lawsuit out there. Was there a, a lot of conflict between the administration and the football coaching staff? I guess especially the AD and the head coach, but maybe more generally as well, leading – up to this, were the waters roiling back uh, at the end of last season or spring football? You know, I, I don't think so. That's you know, I think the tone of kind of some of the paperwork that came out is is inevitable, right? It, it just kind of has to be like that to, to get yourself, if you're Nick Rolovich, in a position where in the end you're trying to to chase uh, you know dollars that you know you may not get from your contract, and so. The, in general, uh, you know, with the athletic director, Pat Chun, and, and Nick Rolovich, Pat Chun felt very strongly that Nick Rolovich was the right hire for Washington State, you know, when they brought him in. I mean, he came recommended from Mike Leach and other folks. The, the system was, was a nice fit. Um, he was great with the players. And so I think they thought it was right. And then they get into this situation that, you know, frankly, was it was out of the administration's hands in the end, right? I mean, that was coming from, from higher than – just uh, just the university, and so what they the reality of it was just trying to figure out what the next steps were. And I know that there were conversations where Nick Rolovich was, you know, saying, "Hey, if this happens and I can't be a part of this team, here are guys that can help out." So you know, Rolovich was kind of a part of that process a little bit. Um, in all honesty, so I don't think there was any of that, you know, kind of roiling of the waters, as you say, during the time. I think this was just a a situation where. You know, there was a reality that came to a conclusion, and in the end, um, it was what it was. And I think the, the paperwork and kind of what's happening now is inevitable, I guess, in this situation. 
Well, Alex, enjoy the game. Thanks for coming on with us multiple times this year. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you again. Much appreciated, guys. Take care. Alex Brink, Washington State radio football analyst. Join us right here on 97.5 1280 The Zone. So watch the Cougars and the turnovers because Wazoo's been good at forcing turnovers, and when they are good at forcing turnovers, we know what turnovers does and the impact it has on games, and it's all played out for them. And then watch the second half I'm in general, but the first fourth second. quarter specifically, because four of their seven games have come down to the fourth quarter. They scored one fourth quarter touchdown the first five games, and that was against Portland State. And now they got three fourth quarter touchdowns in the last two games. Wow. Figuring something out late in games. Fourth quarter touchdowns, huh? One in five weeks isn't good, PK. Not good. Yeah, but I mean, but maybe they fixed it. How do you know they could have scored three against Portland? They didn't need to. That's true. Come on. But they needed to against the. Utes and the Aggies, and they well, didn't. Well, if you lose games, you need to. There you go. So I just look at the number of losses. Got shut out in the second half by USC. Yeah, they did. All right, 4-3 Washington State, hosting 5-2 BYU tomorrow at 1.30 on FS1. David Locke in Sacramento, Jazz and Kings tonight. He joins us next. Stay with us.